testing, 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 testing. To another episode of My Favorite Feminist. My name is Megan, and I am not here with my co-host Milena. This episode, we're doing something a little different. Milena's apartment flooded. She's fine. Her stuff is mostly fine, but it does mean recording for her right now is on hold. So instead, y'all got me today. And since my partner in crime is MIA, we're doing a mini episode. So today, I'm mixing things up. We're not doing an artist. We're not doing a scientist. But instead, an inventor. So, today we're covering someone who got shut down for her menstrual products because she was black. Because it wouldn't be Black History Month without a good old dose of American racism. Because people suck, unfortunately, quite hard. Uh, But today we are covering African-American Mary Kenner. She was born 1912, North Carolina. Mary was born into a pretty inventive family. Uh, Her grandpa developed a light signal for trains and her dad, Sidney, a preacher and an inventor as well, developed a suitcase-sized traveling pants press in 1914. He even turned down an offer of 20 grand by a New York company to go about making it and selling it himself. Fortunately, a bit of a failure. He only sold one. But that didn't damage his encouragement for his girls, Mary and her sister. As young as six, Mary remembers thinking to herself, why aren't there self-oiling door hinges? That's a little particular for a six-year-old to be thinking about. But early in the morning, Mary's mother would leave for work from the back door, and every morning, Mary would be awoken by the squeaky back door hinges. And when she told her family about this, they were really encouraging. As Mary got older, and she she realized that she had a unique perspective on the world, you know, seeing these everyday problems and thinking, I can fix that, where no one else is really paying attention to those smaller things. And a very pragmatic approach It was encouraged even more when Mary's family moved from North Carolina to D.C. in 1924. It was there that 12-year-old Mary got to explore the Patent and Trademark Office, because that's where every 12-year-old wants to be. So, not a typical place for a kid, but Mary was curious to know if anyone had filed patents for the idea she had in mind. And to her delight, no one had. Now, Mary's a smart kid. She did well in high school, she gets to Howard University at the age of 19 in 1931, And that's a historically black college in D.C. Mary being able to go to Howard, it was things like that that probably made her family move up to Washington, D.C. in the first place. Their family would have way more opportunities than in the German Crow South. Now, given, yeah, D.C., it's still like the South and racially divided at this point, and kind of still is, um, but it did offer the chance at a better life as opposed to North Carolina, and especially we're in the throes of the Great Depression at this point. So life is pretty crappy for, like, everyone. Unfortunately, though, a year and a half after Mary had been enrolled in university, she did have to drop out. She just didn't have enough money to stay enrolled. Throughout her life, money would always be an issue, which I totally feel because nothing sucks more than earning an opportunity, but not being able to pursue it because of money. While finances do slow down Mary's inventing, it didn't stifle it. 
after university, Mary took a series of odd jobs, doing everything from babysitting to government jobs before working as a florist. Along the way, she gets married, and she does start to develop her own ideas for official patenting, registering five in total at the Patent and Trademarks Office in DC. Now, for a woman tight on cash, that's a big deal. Even today, filing one patent can cost hundreds of dollars. But for Mary, she was inventing things to make people's lives better, not necessarily for money. Although, you know, that would have been a nice bonus. When Mary's sister developed MS, Mary developed a tray and holder attachment for her sister's walker, you know, to make things easier for her sister. And that sense of practicality is in all of her patents. And Mary's first patent is the one she's most well known for. And that was in 1957 when she was 45. Being the matter-of-fact, forward-thinking woman that she was, Mary was all like, hey guys, I can make our periods better. And by that, maybe not better, but suck a little less. Periods up to, well, I mean, even now, they suck. Before commercialization of, quote, feminine products, they sucked even more. Best thing a person could do was use fabric to capture the blood and honestly, like, hope for the best. The BS idea that people having periods are impure is unfortunately such a pervasive and large topic, I could spend an entire episode on it. But for now, I'm going to pass. Instead, I'm going to assume the majority of you listening have at some point or another in your life, probably in high school, discreetly asked a friend for a pad or tampon. I mean, you've all felt that taboo. And honestly, I hope you guys really don't feel the need to be discreet about that shit anymore. Going back all the way to the start of the Industrial Revolution, even with things made in mass quantities for public consumption, the idea of a product for periods was way too shocking. People in the late 1800s were too embarrassed to talk about periods, let alone buy anything explicitly for them. And what results is a string of products in the early 1900s that start discreetly addressing the quote, woman's issue. Um, Some of them are straight up poisonous. Lysol, like the lemon-scented 99.9 disinfectant spray. They marketed a product for feminine hygiene, although probably not the lemon-scented version. On the other hand, you could have a organic and GMO-free version of a pad that used moss as a absorbent material. Yay, biodegradable? I mean, that could be cool, I guess. Um, but whatever product a person settled on in the early to mid 20th century, one thing they did need to keep things in place was a period belt. Think of it as a very unsexy garter belt. The loose ends attached to the pad, and you just kind of hope for the best. You know, things not going to shift around on you. Now, Mary, she had a better idea. She was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have a belt with a built-in moisture-proof pocket? You know, so like that way blood won't get everywhere. Because that is, that's one of the grossest goddamn feelings ever. I mean, along with like sneezing or coughing on your period. It's gross. It's so gross. I hate it. Now, Mary had a great idea. She developed her product, she got it approved, and then she was hit up by a company to make it. And Mary said about the experience, quote, one day I was contracted by a company that expressed an interest in marketing my idea. I was so jubilant. I saw houses, cars, and everything about to come my way. So a company rep met Mary in her Washington DC home, then headed back to New York and promptly told her they were no longer interested. And Mary said, quote, sorry to say, when they found out I was black, their interest dropped. America in the 1960s was not a friendly place to be a black woman. Uh, It's not much better now. So instead of Mary's idea hitting the market, it took years for her idea of like a lined product to come to the market. And that's all because of racism. 
Now, to her credit, Mary didn't let that experience hinder her inventing. Into her 70s, Mary was still designing and patenting ideas. All household or domestic items like a backwasher, toilet paper holder, and even like a sponge tip for umbrellas. So that way they'd catch the runoff when you fold them up inside the house. They're not particularly glamorous ideas, but they do make everyday life better. Mary did live to see her inventions help others. She passed away in 2006 at the age of 93, which I'm really digging covering all these women who like live into their late 80s and 90s. It's awesome. Unfortunately for Mary, being a black woman in the 20th century, she was 100% affected by the systematic racism in our country. And, you know, sexism too. Despite that, Mary Kenner decided to pursue her inventions uh, just to make life better for others. You know, even if racist assholes get in the way. While she's not an artist or a scientist, Mary Kenning is still pretty cool. And that's why this episode, she's my favorite feminist. So this has been our first mini episode. Hopefully the contractors will be done with me last place and things will be back to normal on our end because I miss her. I look forward to being able to do this with her. Um, I would have her record over at my place, but we do live over 300 miles away, so it makes it a tad bit difficult. As always, if you guys have made it this far, you're really awesome. And I personally super appreciated this episode because it's just me and it feels super weird. As always, if you guys are interested in knowing more about who we covered today, you can check out our website at myfavoritefeminist.com. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. You already know because you're already listening. And again, we super appreciate it. So until next time, guys. I don't like how this sounds, so I'm gonna say it over again. Now, this is a black hole of nothingness. Ugh.